What's up, y'all? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spectora Spotlight. Today we have Damon Durham. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Greenworks Inspection Services. They basically run Texas. They're in every major city in Texas. And we jumped all over the place, but I think he he is a sharp mind. He comes from outside our industry, so I really value that perspective. But he is basically running operations for a 70-person company, the biggest company in the country. Um, they do all types of services from engineering to environmental to maintenance, structural, commercial, everything. So um, he's a fun guy, great wisdom. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you have any, any questions or want to get in touch with anyone, just let me know. But hope you enjoy this one. Uh, again, guy that basically runs one of the biggest companies in the country. Lots of nuggets uh, in there and operationally how we can all do things better and approach things. But um, yeah, enjoy and uh, we'll see you guys soon. All right, we are rolling. Damon, thank you so much for taking some time to join me. Um, I've been wanting to chat ever since we spoke for the first time, just because of how fun you were and just, you know, how much laughs we had um, just on like a sales call. So thanks for taking time to to join us. How has life been? How has COVID treated y'all? Well, first off, uh, th- thanks for having me and uh, ditto on the, uh, the conversation. It's been great. Uh, uh, getting to know you, having a couple laughs along the way, and really understanding, um, you know, what you're trying to do in in uh, in this industry, and uh, and anyways, it's it's been f- phenomenal. So thanks for having me. And you, your first question is about COVID, huh? Hey, that, that's that's the topic of the month, the year. Exactly. It's what will be next year. What everyone wants to hear about, right? So how has uh, Ukraine Works weathered the storm per se? You know, it was a it was a tornado, thunderstorm, lots of lots of alerts going off on the phone. The first couple of weeks of our third, fourth week of March, everybody uh, um, saw the writing on the wall. First two weeks of March told me that uh, all the investments, all the things we were doing, were on the money. So we we were we were up. We were going to have a great March and uh, best on record, probably best month ever. Then. Uh, Midway through things, I don't know, everybody got scared, and so did we, and we started, you know, we wanted to furlough, just getting ahead of it, you know, talk to some financial folks, it's like, all right, here, you probably need to lay off this much salaries, and then keep the inspection force going, and, you know, keep it together, and yeah, that, that was about 11 days of that before we realized this didn't, this isn't going to slow down quite as significantly as we thought, right? We were looking at, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was 52% drop expected when we put every smart person I know on, on a phone call with all our executive team. And I like to think we got a lot of brain power on the hood too and, and collectively decided 50x percent is, is what we need to be prepared to see uh, um, for an overall revenue drop based on the, the, the trend, you know, just right after the, the word and uh, uh, shutdown and all this stuff. And anyways, didn't happen, had our busiest month on record um, in uh, June. Uh, May was phenomenal. April was phenomenal um, just in terms of you know, our typical monthly volume and July, a little old July, even with a, uh, a day of no operations, 4th of July. Um, it, we're still going to be last month and overall 
overall revenue and post triple digit growth numbers over prior year, which was also a triple, uh, right at triple digit growth year for us um, from 2018 to 19. So this locomotive is, is, uh, is stuck in high gear and we decided COVID-19, 21, two, three, whatever the next number is, uh, that um, we are essential. Construction's not stopping. People are still buying, and we, we're ready, man. So sorry, sorry for the long-winded uh, diatribe, but I'll tell you what, man, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm excited. We're, we're kicking butt, and um, we're getting ready for, for more of the same, which would be great growth. And This is amazing, and, and I want to – let everyone know the kind of scale we're talking about here. So I'm, you know, I'm just looking at your guys' website. Tell everyone what services you guys offer and where you operate because it's everywhere, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so we operate in uh, the, the the three biggest uh, DMAs in in, in Texas. Um, start with that, and then um, you know, Houston. Put a pin right in the middle of Houston. We probably uh, go anywhere between. Uh, 70 and 80 miles outside of the, the actual city uh, city center. And then all of North Texas, Dallas, um, pretty much if you, everybody knows I-35, if you've ever been to Texas, it runs from one end to the other of the state. Uh, we, we start at the top of the state where it kisses Oklahoma and go all the way down um, past San Antonio and a little further south. And, and I tell you, we probably stop about an hour and a half from the Mexican border. Um, and every and imagine that um, I don't know if you will east to west is uh, you know probably another hundred miles offside of that corridor. So I mean we, we cover I, I can't remember have DFW alone. I think there's 168 individual municipalities that are serviced just out of our DFW uh, uh, collectives. And uh, yeah, man, I mean there's there, we've got. Uh, Anything from you know, home inspections, uh, we do commercial inspections, we do structural engineering, um, and, and not just the, okay, the, you know, we, we had a foundation issue over here, we, we could do that, but we also do full design work, framing plans. I've got a, a designer on, on staff too, you know, an architectural design guy that does um, renderings for like uh, add-ons, additions, uh, remodels, and, and full homes, right? I mean, we do, we do full architectural plans, and then we do the structural piece under it. It's, and on anything that can get built, basically, we can do the engineering part for it on the structural side. We have to do environmental. Um, we've got uh, um, licensed folks on staff that, that, that can do the lead-based paint and uh, uh, mold, mold inspection and mold protocols to remove it, you know, kind of the next level stuff. Same thing for asbestos. And, uh, yeah, yeah, energy. We've got an energy guy on, yeah, especially this green energy stuff that seems to be every remodel, every new construction, and especially like in a town like Austin, if you don't, you don't know much about Austin, it's a very, very uh, earth-friendly forward kind of town. They're usually the first to pass the um, those type of, of uh, uh, bills or, or, or different type of building changes or putting the code. That, um, so we get, we got ahead of that, you know, we're getting uh, the energy piece together too. So if that's not enough, there's probably more to you, Kevin, but you know, I think that's probably, probably plenty. Huh? Hey, basically the, the picture I want to paint for folks is that you guys are, from what I've seen, one of the top three to five biggest companies in the country. 
and maybe North in, in North America. Is that fair to say? I, I think uh, I think that would be fair to say. Just, you know, I'll say let's stay with the top five. Um, uh, but yeah, majority of our operations are just in Texas too. So when uh, when this piece gets moved around, we we take more of a national presence on the national stage. If that ever happens, uh, um, <laughs> I don't like being anything but number one. I, you know, the, it's uh, it's the best it's the best spot. You're not you're not looking at the other side of the dog. You know what I mean when you're yep. running a race. So <laughs> oh, yeah, how many employees? How many total employees? Uh, you put us all in a bucket, you know, we're, we're 70-ish currently between call center, support staff, field folks, and then, uh, you know, engineers and all those other things. And then, I mean, just, I'm discussing subcontractor vendor pieces too, you know. So, I mean, if you figure in all of our partners and other folks that fit in, it's probably triple digits. Um thereabouts and that's that's it but wow that's 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 amazing um a scale many can't even fathom but let's drill down now and talk about damon what what what's your backstory and history to kind of get where you're at running you know running operations because you're chief operations officer right i am i am eoo of a probably the biggest inspection company in the country how'd you get here Wow, when you put it like that, that's that's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, I tell you, I, I tell you what, you can draw, you can you can fill in all the details for me. I started as a Pizza Hut delivery driver back in 1990, and somehow this happened. I wow. There was some college along the way. Uh, I grew up in the. Everybody said oh, you must have come from this. I said, no, no, no. I was. I grew up in a, a trailer park, and a trailer that cost about 400 bucks. I mean, this thing it was a. Crazy. Um, anyways, I, I went to work for Pizza Hut and started started looking at uh, how things ran. And, and good night, I, the supervisor came to me and said, "Hey, you want to be a shift manager?" And he goes, "You want to? You want to be an assistant manager?" I'm going to college and trying to do this stuff. And two months later, his boss comes in and says, "Hey, you want to run your first Pizza Hut?" I said, "Well, okay." And I'm still 18, by the way, and going to college. I'm a GM of a, of a restaurant. I was, by the way, I was a terrible manager because I absolutely zero people skills uh, uh, at all at that point, right? No, no real life relatable skills or, or anything. And the uh, next thing I know, I've rented multiple operations, got a district manager spot and trainer spots along the way. And, um, you know, I, I decided to, to, to take that knowledge and, you know, moved into uh, uh, a really hot real estate market and you know, got, you know, got my real estate license and became a broker and a partner in this big firm. Oh, not a big firm. Well, a medium-sized local firm in Austin. And um, I took that uh, until uh, one, one of many bubbles we popped along the way. And uh, next thing I know, I was running uh, uh, operations for some retail and uh, uh, something was backed by like one of the original founders of Home Depot, threw a bunch of money into this. They needed a guy to come and help with operations. And I, I was the guy, and we get parlayed that along the way, and just kept picking up more responsibility. Next thing you know, I was running, you know, half the country for a restaurant chain, another franchise group, and then another, and um, bounced between that and, and retail ops. And I probably built, oh my gosh, I would. It's going to be at least a thousand restaurants from coast to coast, and. Um, from there, you know, regional capabilities. It, it, it was vice president of operations for a 
for a almost a one billion dollar uh, B with a billion with a B billion dollar <laughs> restaurant chain chain that uh, been by probably by the last five or six years there and you know that that role changed a few times from operations to finance because you know my my brain is is very much operations driven but it's also why is that little dollar sign that pops up next to it and anyways I I, I saw a lot of uh, planes and trains and automobiles and traveled internationally with this, this you know doing rest, restaurant stuff and finally said I'm tired I'm on a couch that's mine and I can sit on and, and just I wanted to unpack my suitcase and came uh, ended up back in Dallas and met Harmony and uh, Harmony Brown and uh, her, her her group and uh, you know, taking some time off for myself, a little bit of time. And, and after, anyways, after meeting those those folks and listening to what they were trying to do and how much they'd grown and how much opportunity I, I saw, um, I just I, I fell in love with the concept and the idea. And I, like I said, plenty of real estate experience um, along the way, and it just seemed like a, a good fit. So here, here I am, and I said, I'm gonna help you go to the next level. And I didn't. I didn't realize how you know how much was truly out there and how how far Greenworks had, had gotten on just um, great customer service and doing everything right by the client, but actually you know almost no twentieth century, twenty first century, whatever that was. <laughs> no no technology behind it, man. You know, I mean, it was just it was very much uh, still writing things down on paper and and doing doing things on a fairly large scale in this industry. And I said, man, I, I can help you. I'm a geek. I'm a total geek. I, I certainly can help you operationally. I definitely help you with the finance side too. And here yeah. we are, man. Yeah, this is it. And so you mentioned Harmony. She's founder, CEO, Greenworks. What, what year was that? Um, Cause I'm looking at the website, Greenworks was established in 09. So you guys have only been around, you guys are only 11 years old, right? 11 years old. And uh, I think the uh, first eight or so the the growth of the company was, was almost just organic you know there was there was no true marketing vision uh, there wasn't a lot of the relationship piece was what everything was focused on you know like, let's go let's go know the realtors let's make sure our clients love us and let's make sure we get referrals and things and then uh, marketing piece really got ramped up like oh, maybe we can we can we can, we can do this yeah, that was that was huge, and um, so the first, like I said, the first eight years of that existence, man, it was just a it was just a smaller smaller inspection company that was, but it was happy and just kind of doing their little doing things and didn't realize that you know that there was so much more. Um, How many people for those first eight years would you say the company was? Oh, I think uh, yeah. inside staff was like six, five, six or so tops, tops. And not initially either. I mean, I think it, it was Harmony and, and, and another person that took all the phone calls. You know, if you want to talk about the, the first revision, it was, like, it was a garage with a table and a phone and an air conditioner. And then uh, <laughs> two or go. three inspectors, man. I mean, that, that's it. It's, it's, it's uh, probably one inspector in Harmony to begin with. I mean, you want to dig back to, you know, when they were still building the wheels. Um, uh, everything starts somewhere and, uh, you know, Harmony, Harmony got uh, at least she got her her home inspection license too. So she was she was doing some of the field stuff and okay. yeah, it, it wasn't just uh, I'm gonna 
make this company and start it to roll. And you're just like any, anybody starts in the industry. There's, there's a lot of dirty hands and field work. And I mean, you start to realize uh, opportunity and, and, and scale too, right? And then you're like, Oh my gosh, if I had five inspectors, what would that look like? Oh, that's going to be huge. You know? And I think that's where she would initially would that started. That's where she wanted to go. You know? Um, yeah, that was, that's history. Now. Wow. And you were there for all of this, right? Are you, when did you join the company? I haven't been around that long. Believe it or not, I'm a, I've been in for uh, uh, one or two years. So I came in in the, the last two years when we experienced all this, you know, this growth. You know. So you've seen the company probably double at least since you've been in. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of why I'm here, right? And yeah. <laughs> my, my background is either uh, over the years you either take something that's very broken and, and has lots of potential in, in terms of either retail or restaurant operations and you know, how, do we, how do we fix it and, and then how do we get it out to the masses or how you know, are creating you know, strategies to, to go in and, and um, blow something up, you know, to take it and take it from what it is and make it something that it could be and, like I said, I totally initially when I, when I met, met the group and the energy is still the same, it's not higher, by the way, but when I, I met, uh, met the folks at Greenworks, um, this, the energy and everything I read online, you read these Google, Yelp, whatever, social reviews and it's like, people are just happy. They are happy with Greenworks. They're happy with, they, they, they name people. They, um, and I could, again, been looking at these reviews for years on different other services when I'm hunting on, on the internet and you, you relate back to that and you go, wow, okay. That, these, these are really written by folks that, that, that had the survey. You can tell when somebody's canned or you can tell when somebody's truly been there. And it's like, these are real reviews that are just, these folks get it, man. They, they built this out backwards from anywhere I've, I've, I've ever worked in my entire career, right? They went for, let's just, let's make it customer service and the greatest service. And we'll worry about organizing it later. That was your job, right? They had the foundation and you come in and organize and grow. Is that? What an opportunity for me, right? Because that's, yeah. that's what I do. I was like, look at this. I don't have to worry about them being nice. I don't have to worry about them being managing that piece. Oh my gosh. It's already there. Yeah. I just got to figure out the backside of it. And then you start looking at, you know, one, one example would be a, this, this this line of service wasn't wasn't doing hardly anything, and I and I didn't understand how capacity worked on this particular type of service and why timelines are like this. So I just dug in and said, "This seems a loser. Yeah, that is not making any money. Why why do we do it?" And I said, "Okay, now how do I fix it?" And uh, you know, it's funny. You just you start digging into the details, and next thing you know, you're like, "Oh, well, we just tripled the capacity without adding a person." So we figured out you know why it was stuck the way it was, and and that stuff, I mean, that's kind of, kind of my, my first line of, of business, you know, it's what's, what's not making money. Let's figure it out. Let's make it efficient. And I think today we're going to talk a lot about efficiency, you know, but that was, you look at operations and sometimes it's easy just to go, oh, look, there's a pear on the ground and it's rotting. That is the lowest hanging fruit you can get. Why, why don't we just grab it and start eating? So yeah, anyways, I, yeah. I, I love and appreciate so much that you, have almost that outside perspective. So, you know, obviously as you're probably still learning, at least the home inspection side, it's a big echo chamber. It's a, you know, it's a lot of, Hey, do what's always worked. Let me just copy what everyone else does. 
that I see online, but you guys just seem to have your own vision and your own, you kind of just do your own thing. And so being, you know, a major software provider in this space, I hadn't even heard of you guys. And then when I did, I go, holy crap, this is a giant, massive company. This is really cool. You know, and I, you know, you go to conferences and you see stuff online. And so I love that you bring that outside perspective to just say like, Hey, how can we just make things more efficient and make people happy and make more money? Like it's very, a very pragmatic approach. So can you speak a little about kind of coming in with an outside perspective to an industry or two? I think you guys service a couple industries, but sure, sure. And just how you approach it differently um, than say the average home inspector, you know, the average operations person at a home inspection company. No, no, that's a, that's a great question. You know, and I, I tell you, my my experience with with inspectors over the years, yeah, I probably bought ten houses of my own in different different cities and states. So I always hired an inspector, and mm-hmm. um, in a commercial space where I guess I built lots and rest, lots and lots of restaurants, I always had some type of independent inspection going on. And in real estate, I, like I said, I did real estate for a few years when I was a younger guy, and so I got to that again that, that fishbowl approach. I was able to see from the outside in and, and build some relationships, but again. Yeah, coming into this at this scale, um, and a fresh set of set of eyes, you know, it's it's easy to. You know, my first approach was I'm, I want to look at this and see what's going on and understand why systems are the way they are and start looking at, it, you know, where where are the opportunities from from meshing it with my past. At the end of the day, um, it, it's it's a service, right? There's no there's there's nothing physical that changes hands. Um, I get that, you know, I get that. So uh, in restaurants, you, you give people food. In retail, you, you give them an item and they go away. But they come back if you got the service piece right. Even if you make a mistake along the way in either of those two industries, if you, you treat it right, you, you win a client back. and Or you get, you get that, uh, that reputation built up for someone that, that does a great job and takes care of the client. So, I mean, I just, I looked at what they were doing, you know, was they were doing well and, I looked at financial. I tried. I mean, I just meshed everything up. I, I looked at processes that were in place and asked a lot of questions on why, and then um, just stood back probably for for a month, you know, digging in you know, some of the the behind the scenes stuff and talking to inspectors in the field. I mean, anybody that would talk to me, I was I was burning them up, you know, and um, asking all the dumb questions right away, so I didn't look like a dummy six months later. But uh, <laughs> What are some of those questions? Uh, yeah, I'm curious what those conversations. Uh, are. You know, you, on the, in the fields, you, you know, you, you my my uh, my questions are always, you know, what you know, what did your day look like? What do we? You know, why does this take longer than that? Uh, what what do you what do, what do clients say? And when you're inspecting a home um, of this size or this value, how are you treated? You know, like so, how are you treated when you're you're looking at the two million dollar home? How about? Um, you know, this uh, parent beam. I mean, how do you get under there? What do you do? And, and what are you looking for? And you know, when you have it, I, how do you explain it to the client too? Because me, I, I'm like, I missed the point blank, and I, I, I lost all the sugar coating a long time ago. But I realized that last thing you need to do when someone's buying a home is go, your house is going to fall down. Or, or, you know, it's burning because of this. But they, they kind of taught me how to how to ex- explain those issues that they find all the, all the deviations and, and all the things that, that maybe that needs some attention and how to properly relay that to a client. Well, um, 
and just maintaining some decorum intact and making sure you know, it, it wasn't turned again from a from a, a matchbook fire to a forest fire just because of the wording of the issues and so I really I engaged in a lot on those types of things and just the nuances of 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 how how they connect with the home office and what that relationship looks like and how it looks like translates down to the realtors and agents and um, those relationships too, man. I, I zoned in on that. I realized, yeah, there's some of the, some agents that you know, 40, 50 inspections they they've had through us, and they always request two or three guys, and, or, and they, you know they they prefer to to work with them because you know, they're 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 kind, they're thoughtful, they're you know they're incredibly thorough, but they also engage at a level that everybody can understand. Anyway, so I mean, I just kept digging in on. on processes and, and again how the, the relationship piece works how the in, in the field and then back back to the home office on you know what's the how does this all connect and and what are we doing to organize all these inspections right i mean and back then you look at 400 inspections a month that was a that was a big number it was like good lord how, do, how does this how does it stay organized? I mean, now that, 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 that number's about double, but now, I mean, back then, it was like, okay, how, do, how does it come together? And, and there was, there was, uh, there was a system in place. All right. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it was there. It reminded me, I mentioned I started to, my career at Pizza Hut and I was 18 and we used to, man, everybody answered the telephone. We pick up that telephone, take that order and we write it on this little yellow pad and this yellow, yellow pad was in triplicate and you take once you take that order you would take it and you put it in like an old time clock and it would stamp the time that you took the order and you put it on the, the line where the guy is making the pizza he takes it once he's done he puts it over on the place where the guy cuts the pizza puts it in the box and they take a copy and they put it over here they put a copy over in this box client gets a copy so they come in at the end of the night and they're, they're trying to put all the money and, the, and the, those tickets together there's that one last ticket and the money everybody got to see see that and and it was it was a it worked well. It was you could track that right, and so yeah, something similar to that. that yeah, was, it, was rem, it was reminiscent. of like, oh, there's a lot of paper. There's a lot of duplicate duplication of work. There's a lot of wow. It, it's a system. It's not scalable. Right. But God right. dang, we we scaled it to where it was. I was like, oh my God, look at this craziness, man. And that's what I really. It's like we got that. We have the inspection piece now. We got that. We got the front face. Man, we we do a hell of a job there, you know. And we do the same thing on the, on the in our call center. Man, these folks, they know how to talk to the, anybody from the first time home buyer to the most experienced realtor. And I mean, that piece was that was okay, for the most part, you know. Um, wow. So eight hundred backside operations. Boom. Wow. Huh. What was that? You guys have done eight hundred inspections in a month. I mean, I would I would venture a guess that um, yeah. this month is is heading heading towards that number. Um, Unbelievable thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it should. I think across all services, you put in that bucket, that that actually might be a little low. That's that's truly amazing, and I think like um, what I want to zero this in on is just the operations piece because you seem to have such a op, like a process operations efficiency mindset and a lot of inspectors i will speak for for many of them are technicians right they they do inspections they know the home they a lot of them are good communicators they can talk to agents and clients but like what what would you venture to guess the average 
you know, one to five man home inspection company could learn from, from the scale of Greenworks in terms of operations and process. Like, I don't know if you've had much exposure to the average, you know, home inspection company, but where do you see that the industry can improve on the operations and process front? No, no, absolutely. Um, like I said, I've had, had, I'd say a decent amount of exposure and just uh, the relationships I've built over the years or you know, I was in need of inspectors and just kind of how it worked. And I pick up the phone, I'd make a phone call and they, I talked to the inspector on the phone and they, they would come out, you know, and mm -hmm. um, that, that's how that worked almost every time. Um, here we've got kind of call center operations and, and other things that, that, where we found efficiency and being able to process that. But yeah, something um, from the scale of, of, of Greenworks, um, that one to five person operation, I think that you know some of the biggest things you can learn would, uh, would, from us would be that you know don't don't um, don't don't look at some of the the, the smaller things and get caught up in them too much. I mean, uh, just a, a good example would be uh, yeah that that whole ticket mentality I mentioned earlier. Like you know do you do how much time do you waste writing stuff down? How much time does your admin, if you have some of your wife or your administrative assistants, your, whoever does the stuff, I mean, how much time do they truly spend on the, on the mundane that makes you no money? Right. Look at everything you do on a daily basis, weekly basis, how much, you know, how much do you think your time is worth versus the, the task at hand? And that's how we've kind of, uh, I've come into Greenworks and gone, you know, why are we, why do we have this, level of employee completing this type of task and it just doesn't make sense you know and i tell you again one of the reasons we started talking was we, we did uh, we're using a software that is i think it's it's great for a smaller company and we somehow scaled it up to where we were at and um it was just absolutely nightmarish and in, in trying to to manage templates and what truly got uh, manipulated within those reports? So they they were they had that continuity of our brand and how we wanted to present to clients and stuff. And and when we wanted to make a change and we wanted a global, holy smokes! It was a it was let's have a meeting, let's sit down, let's talk <laughs> about it. All right, let's start. Do we how, what's the gate if we do make this change? And I was like, I just want to add a question on the form. Yeah, but it's got to go out to these people. So and so's got to put it into this thing, and they gotta they gotta make sure everybody's done it. And I said, "Well, what? I, I my brain doesn't work like that. I don't I don't understand. This is it's not this this decade or this century that we're in. Maybe uh, maybe the right century. I don't know. It didn't make sense, you know. <laughs> but I started looking at everything and going, "Oh my God, you know, there, there's got to be ways to." Whether it be uh, adding a Microsoft suite or, or Google suite or, or inspection software and it costs you five or ten bucks here or there. Are you, are you, how much do you pay your people? How much is your time worth? You got to look at these things and realize that if this, if this somehow saves you an hour a month or two hours a month, is it worth this? How about two hours a day? What's that worth to you? What's that worth to your relationships at home? I mean, what's that worth to the kids? What's that worth to the bingo game? I don't, whatever you like to do, you know? You know, that's such a key point. And I, we, we end up talking about it on this podcast so often because I think inspectors focus on details and they focus on the money as they should. It's an important thing. But I think 
there's just not enough focus on trading time for money in this industry. And I think that's, that's how we've kind of grown our name and brand obviously of helping inspectors be more efficient, but boy, some inspectors, they really would rather spend three hours a night doing something that they could outsource for maybe 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month. And boy, I don't, I don't know how to snap some folks out of that mindset, but I think having you speak on that helps to say, guys, what is your time worth? What's two hours back of your day or week? I mean, that's the other thing. In our, in our scale, when you talk, you ask me, the one to five group. Well, let's, let's, let's focus more on the five group. If you, if you could figure out a way for um, your, your, your team to be able to finish an in, in inspection moments after the actual walkthrough, I mean, they're typing notes along the way, they're doing what they do, um, and you're not going home and, and spending two, three, four hours on reports and, and going back. I mean, obviously you want to, you want to review your work before you, you submit, but, um, I think it adds if you're, you got a you know, hungry inspector or you have uh, smaller appointments you could book during the day. Can you, can you pick up an extra booking a day? And then what's the value in that? You want to, to talk about the true wins, you know, rather than would you rather sit at home for three hours going over what you had done for the day, or would you rather go pick up more money in the field somehow with a with an either different digital service appointment or even a full inspection? If you 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 know you look at if you look at it into the right lens, you you might be able to fit another one in. Right. Yeah. So. And part of it is the, I, you can tell me what you think on this, but I, I get the feeling that part of it is the know-how of how to spend that extra hour to, if it's with your family, that's great. That's an easy one for people that want more family time or time for hobbies or whatever it is. But the ones that don't maybe have the know-how of like, man, if I can go hit a couple more realtor offices and have coffee with another couple agents that helps grow my business or, Hey, I could write blog posts for the website or, Hey, I could, do whatever. I think inspectors sometimes just also need guidance on how to spend that extra time. Cause some of them times have been good these last 10 years. Like, you know, I think a lot of us have been spoiled a lot. A lot of, a lot of the industry has been spoiled, man. Like business just keeps rolling in and you don't have to be efficient. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I'll tell you what, um, you, you can look at each individual inspector or inspector business and probably come up with a, a unique answer on, on the, you know, what, what works best for them and how they, they could use their time. But um, it, it's to me, it's any, anytime you can, you can gain, it's just call it an hour a day. Cause that's, that's easy to figure out is that that's um, I think in a small, a smaller scale that gives you that extra hour to stop by the realtor's office and either have drop off some, Know, cookies or some donuts and some business cards, a little coffee or set up that extra coffee meeting or, you know, maybe you're done earlier in the evening. You can actually go to a, um, a city council meeting and maybe pick up some, uh, uh, some relationships or something and, and turn that parlay that into to some inspection work, or you can go and uh, you know, hang out somewhere and uh, where, where uh, whatever meetings are that, that, uh, that may be going on and, and there's, could benefit our business, be it a you know, realtor conference, or I, I tell you what, 
get online and look, there's always, there's always something going on um, to be uh, closer to the community in which you operate in. Could be a, all I know, could be a PTA meeting, could be use, use, <laughs> use the tools in front of you. The internet is free and just start looking at events that are going on and go, how could that fit with my business? Right. And I guarantee you, at the end of the day, the, the successful smaller firms specifically, um, it's relationship driven and, and, it, and it doesn't, everybody wants to think about the traditional, I'll go to realtor offices. I will do something outside the box, you know, and, and, um, goodness, if you got family, what, how can your family be involved in some of this stuff? Like I said, PTA meetings, the kids go, you go to the, um, go to the soccer match or the football game or whatever it is in this new community. They just built a new school. Uh, I guarantee you there's probably a lot of new homes that are getting bought and maybe still getting built And these people talk. I, I don't know. They're, your limit is, is your limit on, on, on that uh, opportunity, but take that extra time and parlay it into whatever you want, whether it be a stronger business, stronger relationships at home, learning a new hobby or, even sharpening your own skill set because there, there's night school. There's things that you could do that, that, that might, you know, make your time more valuable. You pick up a, a different set of, set of knowledge and uh, enhance your services, you know? I love, love, love what you said there. I want to underscore that of viewing, kind of viewing the world basically of like, Hey, how can this fit into my business or how can I meet more people or network or put my name out there more? Because I think, I think some business people, this isn't just inspectors, I think they think, hey, I have my outside life and then I have work and they're separate. And I think when you're self-employed or if you're you know, an executive at a multi-inspector company, it's like, no, you kind of have to live it. You kind of have to combine the two, right? I don't think it's just go, you go punch the clock and then um, you, know, you go home and go to your kid's soccer match and it's off. I think you kind of always have to keep the motor going in a sense. Without burning, Man, that's that's almost any. It's almost any business. I'm gonna relate back to my old days when there were two types of managers that ran our our, our restaurants when I was a young guy. There's the ones that were proud of their position and and engaged. If you you know you're you're selling a product and or service in in a, in a community, you wore your uniform when you went to the store, and you and the ones that and, and you had your name badge on. That that's guys like me. You'll. I don't know. I just, I, I like to know folks. I, I'm happy when they come up to me and go, Oh, you're the guy that runs the, 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 this or that or the other. And there are the other ones that would keep a change of clothes in their car. They get off of work, they change into the personal shirts, they go to the grocery store, and it would be just another person in the store. Mm-hmm. And they were afraid. And I asked, I was like, Why would you, why, why, why would you do that? Yeah, I don't want people are going to complain about the bad, bad time they had. And then I don't want, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take work outside. But for me, it was more like, all right, so you see me, and if you had a problem at, at, at even if it wasn't my restaurant, I would talk to you about it and try to help you, you know, help get a resolution done. Say for for the name of the brand, you know, it's everything. Everything was about you know the overall good and growth of of, of what's happening, and um, I got the opportunity to solve problems I didn't know existed. It was great, and uh, yeah, and from there, it's like I, I created loyal clients. These folks that I saw at the grocery store that were mad. They're coming into my restaurant a week later going, oh, thanks for taking care of the problem. And they're ordering, they're, oh, look, there, there's, a, there's a, a client that now comes in every Friday night and buys a pizza from me. I'm, 
figured, I, I don't know why I figured that out at the age of 20 or 21 or whatever this was, or a young guy, but I, I just, I mean, it was always opportunity, man. Opportunity um, comes in a whole lot of diff- different shapes and sizes. And um, yeah, yeah, that's just one aside, but I think it kind of fits in. Where does that come from? Where, like, deep down within you, it seems like you just have kind of an optimistic, like, hey, let's just solve problems. Like, tell me, tell me what's going on and we'll find a solution. That doesn't come naturally to everybody. So where does, it, where does that come from with you? I see I see it was ingrained um my my my, my family my my especially my old man he was very much a problem solving kind of guy he, he knew how to maneuver and operate and he just didn't he didn't shy away from the problems he was a he, he didn't quit until things were fixed and and uh taught me the value of just relationships in general early on and let me tell you in, in this day and age where people can tell the world that you're a jerk within four seconds by pushing a button on a phone you either you either hone this skill to death or you die by that sword because it can be incredibly detrimental and it's now more than ever you know, that that uh, that that wanting and that ability to just handle problems as they arise and finding resolutions is, is it's just the way to go. You know, you've got to, you've got to be able to do it. Again, growing up, it was always, we don't let, we don't let the trash and we sweep the floor all the time. Right. We don't, we don't let things sit in the corner and just, Oh, it, we're just not going to look at that right now. You know, it's, it's always been, if there's something to get done. Let's get it done. Let's move on. Let's get past it. If it's, it's your least favorite thing in the world. Do it even faster so it doesn't linger, you know? <laughs> oh, that's such a I love that. <laughs> that's such a good quote. I love that. Uh, you know, and I, I think you're, now it's making sense to me. You know, I'm reading the about us or the about page on Greenworks and hearing you talk, you know, one sentence here says Harmony was, has been on a quest to improve the way people view the service industry. And I can see how that meshes with your approach and the way you just say like, hey, you don't have kind of this like 20 year background in home inspections. You're just like, Hey, let's just solve problems. Like what, this is good business. And I love that fresh perspective again. Like I think our industry can, can learn from that to say kind of like your approach of like, Hey, talk to me. Yeah. Like whatever I, whatever's not fun to do. Cool. Let's knock it out. Yeah. It's an opportunity for me to learn something though. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I volunteered early on. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a master at speaking to folks that are upset. I, I know I just, just imagine in the restaurant world, if you will, sometimes people aren't happy with their food. They're, that, that might happen once or twice. It happens all the time. So you learn quickly how to, how to, how to get folks on the phone that are angry. You, you turn the anger off by just, you know, you listen to them and you, whether you're right or wrong, nobody cares. You, you just let them know, I'm sorry. And I'm here to fix it. Let's, let's let's put all the anger and everything else aside. What is it? What is it we did wrong? How do we fix it? Let's move on. Let's go. Um, you solve. You solve. Now, I'm not saying every every complaint you get on the phone is legitimate. It's it, it's it's just not right. I mean, it, there, there's there's folks that take advantage, but you also learn how to navigate those calls too. You know, folks with the right intentions, and you figure things out while you're you're, you're getting on the phone and facing that demon. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> that's with any that's with any problem man that's that it's it, it it's there's client services or it's an operational issue or it's a employee concern or 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 you the longer things sit the the it's like a big fish story i caught a perch and now it's a, it's a it's a whale well the same thing happens when you let problems marinate um they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah you could have fixed that when it was a yeah, a mosquito bite. Now it's again. Now you're in a hospital on a ventilator. Is that? I'm guessing this is ingrained in Greenworks culture because I think we. I want to take a minute to talk about just that culture of service and attacking problems and just confronting things and and doing it the right way. I think that doesn't come. That again, that's not a given with all new home inspection companies. And I want all new home inspectors to realize like you have to really live that kind of uh, ethos or culture to say we're going to do this on the like 10 X of what the industry is used to, because I think we are kind of in a sea change of how home inspectors are viewed. And I want to keep seeing the professionalism go up. I think that can do, that can only be good for our industry. Right. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, again, one thing that attracted me to green when I was doing, I was in my doing my homework phase on, on the company is again, just reading about how, many positive uh, reviews and things and just all this great backstory um, from the website again to uh, social media and it's like wow this is different from any experience I had personally I mean I'm not saying that inspectors I had relationships over the years when doing real estate or making my own personal purchases weren't great folks but there was it certainly it certainly wasn't a, a real heavy service personal business sure i had i knew their first name i had their phone numbers but you know it, it certainly wasn't warm and fuzzy and but that was okay you know i mean it's not what i was really i wasn't really looking for that i just wanted i want to know what's going on you know, i needed the heads up and um if they could talk to my my clients as a realtor that was great but uh um now i tell you several generations later of you know though Folks that uh, that are engaging us um, to to perform services for them have a different um, set of expectations, requirements on, on how the how that piece works. Right? I mean, um, especially I mean the youngest buyers right now they they demand an absolute uh, uh, full uh, you know, full full plate of not just maybe the meat on the plate is going to be the inspection itself, but the sides are, I need this great report and I also need this person to talk to and I need to have someone that I can relate to and they can, they're taking the time and, and things are spelled out or again, just following up. You know, I mean, they, they, they want it, they need it. And if we don't, if we don't make that change, um, we're going to get left behind. And I, Again, back to another one of my favorite restaurant analogies. It's funny. I started in the business. I was 18, and everybody was 18 to 21 years old. When I was 30 in the business, running hundreds of restaurants, everybody in the restaurants were 18 to 21 years old. That's a restaurant job. You know, the, the counter jobs, the, the side jobs. Most of those are they're taken by by younger folks. And if you don't learn, the point of this is if you didn't learn how to relate to them. 
and speak to them and and just tailor your approach to these folks, then you would you would you wouldn't be able to to get work done, and you would you would have higher turnover because it, maybe they don't relate too well to. If I'm talking to an executive team or, or my, my personal team, you know, these they're seasoned restaurant folks, they're, they're getting a short story and they're getting it blunt. But when you, you're talking about the, 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 this other generation, you know, you, I've had to change my approach three times in my career on how I, if not more, on how I, I try to get down to relate to them in order to make sure standards are happening, all the, all the fundamentals are there, but also to keep them motivated and, and, and understand what makes them tick. And, we, we're in the same thing with this industry, 100%. Yeah, tailoring communication, I think we could do a whole segment on that. And I think like there needs to, I, I wish there was more training and resources kind of specific to our industry, but I think anyone can seek these things out on YouTube or books on communication. I think it's just a, you gotta keep wanting to learn as an inspector. Um. I'm curious what. Well, it's writ- written too, though, Kevin. I mean, that's it's not it's. How how is the report written? Or how, what's the verbiage? I mean, you've got to. Yeah, I understand we have certain things that 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 we have to say in a certain way, but when you're talking in recaps, it, again, remember who your target audience is, you know, and and make sure that that that's relatable. Relatable, huge word. I think that's such a. A, a big, heavy, loaded word that I think everyone needs to spend time thinking about because I think that it, that's balled up with empathy, right? It's like have empathy for who your end user or client is and relate to them and you'll usually win. I mean, that's kind of my, my take. Um, tell me what interests you today as kind of looking forward with the business. Do you guys acquire other inspection companies? Do you grow organically? Do you want to get into other states? Like what, what's interesting to to Damon right now. Yeah, yeah right now, um, yeah, sure, maybe, maybe, maybe picking up some, some other inspection company that might be on the plate, but uh, yeah, I think main focus right now is, is looking at the verticals that we've already integrated into our operation and making sure we've got uh, them built out to, to meet capacity on, on a bigger scale and we understand that um, you know, Texas is a big state, right? We just got we got to understand the other the other markets that maybe we're not in yet, and then so bigger bigger picture, yeah, it, it it's being able to perfect the model across all verticals, and then pick it up and put it into another state, into another another municipal, another big DMA, whatever it may be, within Texas or outside of Texas, matters. It's been about getting the systems, processes, routines perfected, documented, and having this continuity across um, uh, anything from, like I said, from a written policy to a to a uh, application or, or a program or anything else in between. Make sure we can pick that up and then, like I said, drop it in and go. Yeah, I like I like that you mentioned uh, you know written policies and documenting. Is that is that something you guys do a, a lot of? Yeah, I imagine you have to at your scale. I'm I'm trying to think for the inspectors that have a five inspector company, you know, three, five, eight. I'm a big fan of documenting things. We're doing that at Spectora more and more in terms of hey, what is our policy on that? Hey, let's write it down somewhere so we don't have to text each other or ask every time. 
do you, do you, right. are you involved in a lot of that with greenworks in terms of policies and how procedures and written documentation in, intimately right so when i came in there was there was uh you know, like my 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 dna is let's lots ask lots of questions and that you know so now that I understand it, where, where's it? Where's it at? You know, and there's a lot of times, oh, so and so might have this on their computer or that and the other. And <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> it grew so quickly that there's kind of some stuff, but it wasn't necessarily shared, wasn't maybe kept up. And it, it, I can definitely break this down into um, a one inspector company, right? You should still have a checklist of some sort and a process that you follow. It, just to keep your sanity. I mean, there's, you look at, if you do 100 inspections a year or two, I mean, you've got to have them filed in the right places. You've got to have them, you need to be able to have something there that that you can reference back to. You go, all right, there it is, there's this, all right, it's easy, I got it. You come up, maybe you've done a commercial job that's yeah, uh, twenty or thirty thousand square foot building. You kind of got it. You got a template together that you're using for your checklist and your walkthrough. Or if it's in your head, that's great. I love it. But I've also learned as I've gotten older that I start to forget a couple things here and there. Those don't let that get out. So I, I start. I talk to Siri a lot. You know, she's not a good friend. She takes notes <laughs> for me when I'm having a middle of a conversation and I, I'm typing it out on my phone or there's something I know. I, okay, I'm not, I can't forget these key points, but I think at any level, it just pets the chase. It doesn't matter if you're one or a hundred inspectors strong, that you, you, you got to have it documented and you'll, you, you can take this out of any large franchise uh, operations book. Huge franchise groups and on the corporate side and, and those those other past lives of mine and um, you know the first thing you, you learn is that we we grew to the size because there's consistency there is expectations uh, from every client because yeah they they you know they could eat in our restaurants in in Washington D.C. or down in Yuma Arizona and they're going to get the same product training of service is the same our cleaning checklists for those restaurants were the same or our pricing strategy at the retail on the retail side was regional but it was the same across those re it just it's and and people came back because they knew what to expect oh. again so it's, it's just you, you got if you ever want to grow um if you have any ambition to get past if you're at one you want to get to two by golly document and put the right pieces in place across the board, not you know, just on paper, but um, how you're how you're doing your inspections and what you're using, what you're just get it established. And and one of my first orders at Greenworks, you know, is like, okay, we've got this Google Drive, we've got this thing over here. I was like, stop, we're going to Microsoft. Well why just stop what you're doing. We're we're gonna <laughs> get this whole suite. Everybody's well we're moving to Google. No, we're not. We're we're not moving to Google. Stop it. And here's what we're gonna do. Outline the architecture of how we're going to Microsoft and how we're going to use this this part of the platform to share all the knowledge and put all these documents. And here's how we're going to do our email. And here's how we're going to use a planner across this, that, and the other, and keep work organized, and checklist, and blah blah blah. And everybody can do it and talk about efficiencies gained. And you know, we started streamlining, and 
next thing you know, we've got a policy manual, we've got this, we've got that, it's searchable, people can go here, do that. Anywho, that's... I love There's that. There's benefit at any scale, man. Yeah, completely agree. Um, you, you know, you, you never just want to wing it. And I love what you said about people come back when they know what to expect. And I, I think that's absolutely true with agents and home inspectors. Sometimes it's more important than the actual inspection or what, you know, what you called out or defects you found. It's like if you have a consistently great experience, that those agents will come back. Um, I'm curious with your real estate experience, what you feel some of the keys are to successful agent relationships in this industry. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I used to kind of, kind of two inspectors that I, I relied on pretty heavily and I'm not, you know, clients will can go out and make their own choice anytime. But uh, the, the, the couple of guys that I worked with almost exclusively were, um, uh, gosh, I mean, they were, they were, just good, good folks. They're reliable. They were, um, they had deliverable dates and they didn't miss their, their timelines. If you're going to have a report tomorrow, I never worried about whether or not I was going to get it or not. Uh, I didn't have to worry about whether it was, uh, written, you know, in, in a 15 minute window, it, it always looked like there was, and whether or not it was or not, I don't know. So it wasn't in their living room or kitchen or wherever they did the reports, but it, it just looked like that there was, there was a good process around it and it was, I could follow it. I could understood it. And uh, it wasn't a 15 minute, you know, inspection thrown together on paper. It was, it was solid and felt like it was very presentable to the clients and they were typically always available to answer my questions or, or the client's question via whatever you know, method uh, back then that was available. Electronic email was email was around, Sonny. You know, but we didn't do a lot of texting back then. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, it, it, unless you wanted to push the number eight seven times and three. I mean, it didn't, texting wasn't a thing really. Um, but they were they were so they were available by the phone. It would make time, and, and you just knew what you're going to get, right? I mean, it was again that, go back to that word consistency. It was. Uh, I never had to worry about um, you know, something crazy coming out the next day or whenever I was there. So, Yeah, love it. Love yeah. it. Well, hey, I, we've been going for almost an hour. I want to be respectful of your time because I, I know everything, you know, how busy you are. You guys are cranking along, so I'm sure you have plenty to do. Um, was there anything we, we missed or anything you want to put out there that, that I didn't ask you? I know we kind of just went all over the place, but that's how these things go. Well, yeah, I think uh, at the end of this, I I just I really wanted to you know, give you give you um, a big thank you for all the all the stuff that uh, has happened and getting us to where we're at with Spectora. Um, it has goodness has been a very positive experience from. The first time I reached out to now you and uh, Alexis specifically have given me the level of service I strive to uh, give all of my clients um, and my guests over the years. You know, you, everything I brought up was good Lord. You know, I wouldn't expect that. I'd send an email because I had a thought on a Saturday and Alexis was sending me emails back Saturday at nine o'clock at night. I was like, oh, I didn't, didn't really think you're going to get to me until Monday. I wasn't that important, but uh, 
certainly got me ahead of the game. So Monday now I can go you know, execute on my side. And, um, same thing for the, just the onboarding process was, it could be painful or, or it could be, um, what it was with Spector. And it was, it was great. I mean, we got walked through everything. Anybody that, that on my team that I put in front of you guys, they got, regardless of their skill sets or whatever, they, they were helped. They were, they had the, they needed their hands held. You guys were holding the hands and helping out. And anyways, it's, it's, it's just got tremendous value to me to have that ability to, again, we talk about duplicating operations and ramping up the scale. If I want to be a one man show or a hundred man show, and having consistency and by reports, be able to click a button and everybody's things change. And, and huh. we went, we went from being in the dark ages with, with how we, how we did this and made it work for, for a long time to, wow. Just wow. We, it is just so many things that it's given us and specifically taking this burden off of my back of, how am I going to help that piece of our business along as I grow this exponentially? Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried about that anymore, you know? So good job to you and your team specifically again, when I just say everything from onboarding to now and, and listening when I've got a question or even a suggestion, it's been exactly the partnership I was looking for. And, uh, yeah, I, I think anybody can try to sell you on that. When I first talked to Lexus, I was like, oh, geez, are they really going to, you know, is this really how this is going to be? To You haven't missed a beat on, on that. So it wasn't the sales pitch. It's, it's uh, execution. You're, the, the reality you explained initially has, has definitely been 100% on point. So kudos to you and don't stop. <laughs> Hey, we appreciate that, Damon. You guys are doing the same. It, it sounds like so. It's amazing to, to be doing this together. I can't wait to meet you and Harmony in person once uh, life gets back to enabling face-to-face. -face. <laughs> yeah, we can all sit at different tables with a mask on and whatever and <laughs> toast. But uh, hopefully, yeah, it'd be great to great to meet you and anyone on the team. Uh, that's, uh, that'd be fantastic, man. Thank you. Yeah, you guys keep cranking. Thank you for taking you know an hour out of your day to chat. I know this will provide a lot of value just hearing from someone at your scale and your operations mind. So this is this has been a blast, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Let's even if it's off the record, just catch up and talk soon. Hey, that sounds like a plan, brother. If, uh, if ever you need me, I'm here. Have a good one. Sounds good, Damon. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. <laughs>